0: Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, the first question this week comes from Barbara. She says, how can we exercise a horse when it can't be ridden without putting pressure on it?
1: I've had that question a few times, actually, uh, you know, um, you know trying to figure out ways to help people, um, you know, not constantly sort of drive and chase their horses to get them, you know, to get them to do Horsemanship's not necessarily about uh, not putting pressure on the horses. It's just that continual drive pressure to make them feel like they're, you know, getting, you know, chased or something like that. So um, what I do with lunging is, if I've got my leading very well, like leading as in the horse, so you imagine like there's a halter knot hanging underneath the halter, which there is. Um, so part of leading is when I push up, on the halter knot pushes forward, there's a bit of pressure on the horse's pole, and the horse can go forward softly with that. So there's a, a leading lesson that I do once the horse is softer going, then on a, on a short lead, like close to me, I'll just walk forward in the direction that I want to go. And I'll just push my arm forward and the horse just softly forward until it can just trot up in my hand, nice and soft on both sides. Um, and once they can do that on, on both eyes and they can you know go past you, then you push up and then you feed out gently the, the long rope that you'll, you'll be using to get them out on a bigger circle and they'll just trot out. And... Um, and then you can bring them back and do the same thing. But what ends up happening is when the horse's eye is beside you and shoulder's beside you, um, when you push that leading hand forward, the horse recognises the feel of that rope goes forward and it pushes forward to be in front. And then what happens is there's a gauge, uh, as in the horse gauges, where you're at also with your a while when the horse is really good with the feel of the rope which is more important than the liberty side of it, which is the uh, the horse seeing you step forward with your energy. I think the rope's more important than liberty at the start is because, um, you know, I'd rather teach the horse to be very comfortable with that rope. So when you're not and all those things, the horse is really responsive and soft to it uh, and very comfortable with that lead rope. So I tend to get the rope part of it and then, Later on, even if I was in a round yard without a rope on, what ends up happening is, um, but you can imagine this with the lead rope on and then later on in a round yard or something, is when you step up and your, your leading hand was pushing forward to push that halter knot forward, the horse feels, and then what ends up happening is on out on a wider circle, as you push up and your shoulder goes forward, the horse is actually trying to get in front of you because what that that process of pushing up and then slowing down a bit, pushing up and then slowing down a bit does, it it uh, the horse does the rat. And um, so what I encourage people to sort of think about is, okay, if that if that shoulder falls behind you, then you encourage that horse's shoulder in front of you, just the line of its shoulder. I mean, you can make any marks on it, but generally it's just that that shoulder that I say I'm pushing my hand and shoulder forward, and I step pushes to be in front of that and then what happens is when the horse understands that when you're out you know just walking a small you know circle in the middle or something like that that circle and how you pivot in that circle is how fast the horse will go Um, and the wider the, the bigger the circle is obviously you end up sort of you know going quite slow because obviously the horse is a long way away so it has to go faster to get in front so that's how I sort of build in a way that is not just sort of point and drive to the drive line and send them away forward, um, and it's very effective uh, if the leading works very you know sensitive to your feel and the lead rope feel, and then, then it's it's a good way to do it. It takes a little longer than just you know blasting them out there and sort of hold the rope, but the thing about it is it's it's. Um, it works with it gets the horse more connected. Uh, you get your rope skills up, the horse gets its leading skills up. By the time it's out there, um, it's also following the feel of your energy and stuff like that. So you can sort of slow it down, you can speed it up. Uh, but the other thing that I probably um, wish when you're doing that push up lesson, uh, some people go, they push up and they push up and they push up and they kind of almost like they're keeping on going up. Whereas what I would tend to do on a board, push up to get it to go forward, then I'd kind of deliberately slow down a little so the horse feels like it got out and it feels me come back so it feels that push up and back and, 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 and they get more attentive to the transition if you sort of push up and then slow down. Uh, and that's the way I get them working out on a certain stage that you can get them to push up into canter. Um, and, yeah, by the time you get to that stage, the horse leads well too. So it's it's, it's a, it's a it's, you know you're killing two birds with one stone in that, that, that scenario.
0: Okay. Next question from Simone is about uh, a horse that's refusing to go forward. So she's working her horse in the round yard and she's wondering what's causing her horse to stop and refuse to go. Um, She doesn't think it's the saddle. She's checked for pinching and discomfort. She's worked from her um, off the fence and she's not riding in spurs. So to break this halt that she's getting, um, she's, backing her up and tapping her on the shoulder with her long rein. But she's wondering what's causing a stop to begin with.
1: Um, well, there's, there's a lot of things that cause horses. Well, not a lot, actually, to be honest. It's probably so that the lack of desire causes a horse to stop. So there's, there's a common circumstance where a horse is in a tight yard. Uh, uh, it'll look and go. So it just sort of stops. Um, whereas when they're outside, they cast their thoughts to things, and they realise sometimes outside more anxiety. So, um, but the horses that tend to stop in small yards go well. There's nowhere to go, so and they still don't have a lot of confidence in us on their back and things like that. So there's a few things in there that they lack confidence. So because there's nowhere to go, they just sort of introvert back in and go well I'll be on my back and. Um, um, and sometimes those horses, if they move outside the round yard but they don't move inside the round yard, um, they actually do the round yard, so they're always going back to safety or over there to the distance and things like that. Uh, or there's just more stimulant outside, so they, they, they tend to sort of bring their thoughts off you and start to sort of go towards their thoughts because there's more things to look at and more freedom to go a distance. Um, and it's a, it's a common scenario, like, like at a clinic, um, you get a shutdown horse that's just standing there on a lead rope and not doing anything, and you just take that halter off and walk away, and that horse suddenly goes, looks around and goes, oh, I'm open now, and they just hightail it. Um, Some will stand there for half, you you know, not half an hour, but in most cases I'll stand there for sort of minutes and minutes, and just stand there, and then all of a sudden I go blink, 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 and walk. I your horse is shut down, but that's also another thing. That halter um, on that horse um, brings them into this state of sort of learned helplessness, and sometimes same thing, especially when horses are still struggling with understanding all the things that we're asking. Um, so they they just have nothing to follow, you know, nothing to look at to go towards, you know, just hide a little bit. Um, so that's I guess why possibly why your horse is stopping there um, and, and the hardest thing is not to drive them forward you know like uh, whip spurs you know putting a flag behind them trying to make them go forward it's not a good idea because i think uh, you just end up chasing them and and some horses that don't have a lot of confidence um, they actually it's almost like having a scorpion or a spider I had, you know, imagine a spider just caught in the middle of your shoulder blades. You'd be kind of like thinking back, going, "Oh, geez, what's that back there?" Um, but you want your horse to think, travel, and search, and just walk around um, w- without being pushed around from from aids from behind. So I, I, on horses that don't have a lot of confidence draw a little bit, and not not move forward, in, so that more con- confined spaces. Uh, what I what I uh, tend to do is um, try and encourage movement. And trying to sort of push them into movement from behind and how i encourage movement is uh there's something i you know when i do horsemanship clinics it's funny because um for instance i get a group of people who's done quite a bit of horsemanship they'll come along and they'll say oh, all right let's this horse might need a one-range start and i'll go has anyone heard of a one-range start and they're like i've heard of one-range stops but i've never heard of a one-range start <laughs> um a one-range start is basically you're just going to sort of take a bend on your horse and you put this is better done in a halter or a side bull not with a bit especially if the horse is you know going to take a little while to search uh or it's done a heap and it's just going to bend around and and just wonder what it's doing um and you don't want to be holding a lot of pressure on their mouth for a long time or or holding a sort of a sometimes they sort of want to rebalance so what on horses not searching getting them to think is, is a little difficult so the first thing you might be truck on us can my horse rebalance in the rain so can i just at least get movement to the feet so the horse realizes it can just move its feet a little bit doesn't have to go anywhere to balance into that rain so um you've got your holder side pull or something on and you just bend and the horse will keep bending around maybe standing still point where it's bent right round and nothing's happening well you might just uh, like I, I i a lot of times to get interest in a horse i like them to to search and open their front So I just hold the rein up and wait and wait and hold and maybe rock the rein a little, and you know, until they're like, oh, I I don't know how long I can stay in here. because being around releases the pressure, but the horse is going, that's not releasing the pressure. I'm going to have to find some balance here. And then all of a sudden it'll kind of move its feet, loosen up. And that's what you've been doing with the backup, by the sounds of it. You've been using a backup to get your horse's feet to move. Unfortunately, backup is going to get them think backwards and you kind of want them to think forwards and then i'll just keep repeating that one rain lesson and just till till the horse goes chink. and after a while they'll open up and start to go oh and i start to search and look around and, and maybe they'll start to walk around and call it the two-second rule once they know that they have to rebalance in the rain and they have to move then basically as soon as those feet stop, you pick up a bend, hold until they, ka-chink, release their feet and move. And then as soon as they stop again, until after a while they go, oh, rain's mean move. And you create move and you loosen on the rain and then they'll just keep moving around and moving around. And, just, uh, yeah. and you'll see their ears start to search and look. And you just, like I say to a lot of people all the time, um, you know, your horse's got to have, you know, well, it's something I say more than I used to because I heard someone explain Why haven't I explained it like that? It's like such a simple way to explain something. And I've always been you know, trying to get people to have less energy so their horse can have more energy. It's a big belief that we bring our energy up on our horses and our horses will feel our energy and, you know, go with it. Well, I actually sort of, on a lot of for note, I will teach people the opposite, sit on the horse like it's a couch and just sit very quietly. And if you sit really quietly, this for some energy, it's going to have more energy than you. Whereas energetic people, if you look at them, their horse is constantly carrying less energy than them. Um and energetic, but the horse is kind of like, uh, like quite dull. So I think you've got to have more energy, uh, less energy quietly, and then you're very quiet, not like the spider on the back wriggling around, and then the horse suddenly gets more confidence to search and, and walk around. It might take days to get that freely around that round yard, and then you, you're still going to work on the back up. You're going to work on those turns, and just and then when your horse can walk freely, then you can and then you can start to teach it to move forward again to those legs and say so move up to the legs. But uh, in a lot of cases, it's not about teaching a horse to move forward a horse to move first and then you can teach it how to accelerate to the legs but you don't necessarily teach horses to movement from the legs, movement through the reins. and then yeah you just work your way through and then soon enough the horse will be in the yards um, more confident more confident and then when by the time you get out you'll have better reins because you spend a lot of time getting that horse to balance and steer and think into a rein. The question, but it's, a, it's a good one because it's, it's one range start or something and forever teaching shut down horses, horses that lack confidence and things like that. So it's sort of a, such an important.
0: Okay, I've got a couple of float loading questions coming up. The first one is from Cheryl. Her horse pulls while it's in the float. Is there a way that she can stop her horse doing that?
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to tell a story from years ago. I don't know if it's about 15 years ago. um Maybe longer, and as I, I hadn't been. I don't think I sort of was in my it's mid to late twenties, and I, I sort of was in my first couple of horses professionally. You know, all these horses, and -hmm. someone came to the same problem. At the time, I didn't, you know, I guess the awareness and understanding was 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 different. Um, And I said, just put a um, a mattress in the front of your float. Get any feedback. And um, it was kind of this funny guess, but I thought, oh, well, (laughs) because I've seen it with uh, really noisy reins and big slobber straps bouncing around, and where horses, when they got less feedback to something, they actually started to quiet in it. And funny enough, I I, uh, saw the person time later and I said, How'd the the mattress, did you try the mattress thing or or the thick rubber? I don't know what they put in it, but, and they said, I did. And you know what? The horse stopped. So I thought, now, I'm not going to sell you that's the answer to that problem, but it was quite funny because maybe it was the lack of feedback that stopped the horse to pour at that time. But, now it was was a creative thought in that moment, but um, that was just like most problems. It was taking a Panadol for a headache that was caused from dehydration. So what I mean by that is that was a sort of an instant response Uh, that may have fluked and it worked, um, probably more fluke than anything, but the the reality of of starts off in in the education and the understanding and the trust of being in that horse float more so than sort of, you know, putting a mattress so, so the horse can't hear it or something like that. What you really have to look at is how softly and well your horse loads, understands the questions that you're asking and it also how 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 it feels and how soft it can move in there, and you have to look at the amount of anxiety, tension, brace it has in there, and where. So a lot of horses when they start to go in a horse float, they kind of look around, their thoughts are outside, and they just know that they're in there. So they they basically then their bodies in the mind is outside the horse float. So it's no difference than the horse that you know it's not not a lot of difference than a horse is tied up or in the. My mind is over there, but I know I'm trapped here, so I'm just going to pour the ground. Instead of fighting and pulling back and flipping over, I'm not going to do that. I know I'm trapped here, so I've got over to this. I I know that I can't pull back, so I'm just going to pour the ground and and just move my feet because I want to be So it's the anxiety and it's the horse's thoughts outside that float and the lack of being able to be soft and connected in there it's very hard to connect inside a horse float you know, that, that causes them to pour. So the the fixing of it is to teach a horse to lead softly so you can really get to move nice and soft movements in its feet. And I say to people, you know, when you're leading a horse, you're leading the hind feet uh, in in some respects because if you pull a little feel on that lead and you sit loose and the hind feet are pushing off instead of the horse kind of leaning and then stepping, leaning and then stepping. So you want those movements really nice in a horse before you even think about them soft on a horse float, especially if they've been hard and in a horse float over the years. Then you take them back to the horse float and they and, and, and them to soften near the horse float and then you give them time to think about it and they might go back to thinking about it and testing it so you still treat it like a young horse again where they get time to test its things. Um, because some of those horses might have just blocked out things and went in the float obediently like just yesterday I, I helped load a horse at the end of the clinic and uh, sort of um, taught to go inside the float from pressure outside the float so I put you under pressure then you find the path of uh, you find a place bring the floats this horse went to bowl into that horse float and I pulled it up and I said no that's not soft you have to be thoughtful and soft and and be comfortable in every part of this float from where you first sniff and touch the ramp to, to, to when your hind feet finally go into the to it, every part of it. So on every part of that float, the horse thinking and connecting with you and the feel and then softening and being soft and standing in there and until the movement and soft all the way in, the hardness in their eye goes, um, they're more connected, they're more open and you give them lots of times just to sort of, stop and then back them out again so you don't keep them in there forever. It's graded exposure. And then um, you just go back to the the, the the learning basics. And then when they're inside and it's all locked up, you, you stand in there and you lead them backwards and forwards in there, make sure they can find softness and comfort in movement in there. And by the time you've done all that, start to think in there and be uh, more confident in there because they've been able to move in there, they've started to think about um you know, feeling safer in there. And it's giving them the tools to be safe and travel safe in there. And then that education, a horse not poor, and then you might go back to maybe some smaller journeys where you get them soft in there, just drive around the paddock, get them out, and then just, you know, the length of the journey and, and the horse gets more comfortable staying in there. Um and the other thing uh, and and that I did once with a horse, well, I think but it's happened a bit, but um there's a horse that was really disconnected and worried. And um I think some horses go in a horse float and they worry they're going, because some horses might go to a show and they're worried inside the horse float because when they get out, there's gonna be like something they don't understand, they're hurt and they might be freaked out at the show or disconnected with the owner. And one time I got uh there's a horse that's really disconnected and I got it to connect with the soft with the owner and that and the funny thing was is she was doing long journeys but the horse stopped pouring in the float because he got became much softer when he got out he knew he was with her and soft and and maybe the anxiety of everything else that he didn't understand on top of the journey just made the pouring made him pour when also uh you know His floating was quite noticeable just by the way he felt about being around people and their education. So you know, you know, thing to think about too is all the things in education help the other things that they don't understand because you're slowly tipping the worry out in other areas. So the cup's not half float and out of the float.
0: Okay, and the next question is from Ira. Um, she has two horses, a big thoroughbred and a little pony. And from the sounds of it, whenever the thoroughbred pins his ears, the pony will jump and run away from him. So in order to get them both on the float together, Ira's quite concerned that the thoroughbred will pin his ears at the pony and will cause the pony to freak out in the float. She's never floated them together, but they float fine separately. So she's got a double straight load float. Have you got any suggestions for her?
1: I think... um... It's going to be easier to load the pony first to start, you know, to have that lesson, because um, I've had I've had it where I've had another horse angry, and even trying to load a horse beside it, the horse was sort of inside the float starting to kick out, and then the horse obviously said, "I don't want to go in that horse float." So the pony has to be in there first to, um, you know, do some graded exposure. Um, so first. Very soft and confident in going in that horse float, just like the last question with pouring. Really confident at going in and out of that float. So the pony loads well on his own. And, and it's not just about loading. It's about softly loading, feeling comfortable in there, understanding his been inside the horse float so he's felt all his boundaries and he's not freaked out and frozen in there. So all that has to be dissipated before you even think about um, starting to do angry horse in there because his worry cup inside the horse float has to be um, as, as, as empty as you can make it. So that you focus on his education in the float first and then separately take the pony away, focus on the other horse's education. Same thing, pony really confident at moving in that float in and out and the horse's. Not destinating its, its thoughts or with you and just going in and it can think in the float, that has to work. So once both horses are sorted with that, then <clears throat> you would put them, he can stand in there because he's comfortable, even if he has a bit of hay just to keep him you know, a little busy while you play around with the other one. But well, maybe you no. Know, sometimes hay can just be a distraction of anxiety too. So maybe he can just stand in there quietly um so then you just load, like teach your horse to load uh, the other one to load and do it in a very slow backwards and forwards way anytime you feel any tension in the horse any brace from the horse going into a pony, i'm going to get angry at it then you back forward back and you turn that tension and connection to what you're asking uh, so you say let go of that idea, focus on moving backwards and forwards softly. When the horse softens in the air, moving on, on, on the float or on the ramp or wherever he's at that stage, then uh, you might back him off and say, good, good, thanks, thanks for listening. Because um, educate horses, we have to educate them that they can let go of a hard thought, whether that be kick another horse, um, you know, I'm worried about a horse float, anything, any hard thought, has in his mind, we have to have a way of saying let go of that. And usually, it's through firing a pathway of feel that we say let go of that. So then we just go back to you know backwards and forwards. But you're doing it slowly with the with the big horse. The pony starts to go. Oh, nothing's happened yet. Oh, I can soften a little bit. So taking the big horse out, that's the pony sort of come down a bit and go. I feel safe. So as you're softening, the big horse going in, the pony's softening because you're still graded the exposure in there until the pony starts to realise, well, the horse is not giving me that attitude in here. Maybe he's accepting of me and he's not going to kick me. Then you just get that horse loaded up in there. Uh, so he's all the way in through that graded exposure. And then same thing, standing there for a bit with him, get him to backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. Make sure you have a, uh, the stallion divider in the middle so he can't nip, nip, nip. After a little while, but just getting then maybe taking both out and do it again a few times. Um, possibly for the big big back to him a little bit with a little bit of hay for a bit. Um, yeah, you know, maybe both give him hay for a bit uh, for the first little journey. So 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 it's not they're a little distracted, but the, softer, the less worry in the cup for both horses, the less aggression is because more worry can cause more aggression. Um, and just drive around the paddock a bit but just blend in there balancing together and sometimes balancing together in a horse float sometimes over time because they've kind of got that sort of mirroring thing happening what you might find is they might start to get along after that horse load journey you take them somewhere else and there's a new horse and your horse will be angry at the new horse and trying to protect the pony yeah so it's just about yeah, good education and then graded exposure and then just build up their little journeys and until big journeys so they're not in there too stressed and have to, you know, get that sort of fighty and, uh, mentality. But, yeah, if you work through that, you should have, um, you know, some reason.
0: Lovely. We'll leave it at there. Thank you very much, Mark. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening.
1: Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, everybody.
0: You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a 7-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.